Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives in the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Hope you had a great week. A lot has been going on. I was in Mexico for four days last week, and I missed most of the drama with the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and I still feel like I don't understand everything that's happened. But apparently, there were these awful accounts that were saying terrible things about Jack Scarcell's son, and they were, turns out they were bots. I don't even really understand what bots are, but usually it means that someone paid to have bots go after the Jacks. And so people are thinking maybe it's Rinna, maybe it's Diana, maybe it's Erica. And then Rinna has the audacity to suggest it might be a producer that I guess used to be their producer, but is a producer on Vanderpump Rules. Then this Patrick Summers guy comes back in, this slimy guy, and he's always lying and he's always inserting himself in drama and no one knows who he is or where he came from. It's all very dark and I really, really hope that at the reunion they're able to get to the bottom of some of this nastiness on social media and figure out who paid for these bots and just get whoever did that away from this show because it's taking away from what we're watching and what we're watching can get pretty nasty too but it just takes such a dark turn when you go after someone's child now speaking of Garcelle's kids um it does appear that Garcelle's son, Oliver, is getting in the mix. He's working at Lisa Vanderpump's restaurant in Vegas. And I was really worried when that was announced and when Garcelle talked about it, just because it sounded like he was newly in recovery. And I don't know, I just don't know if like a restaurant with a lot of drinking and sometimes drug use is like the best place for someone who's in recovery or recently sober. But, you know, I'm not trying not to judge. I, I don't really know. Um, but I don't know. Maybe he treated one addiction for another because it came out that he has been with all of these different women. He was married at one point. I believe he still is legally married. He claims him and his wife were separated and he was with all these women, but she claims they were together. And she is airing all the dirty laundry and showing his DMs on her social media. And it's it's all just very gross. I don't know if, you know, Garcelle's son is a sex addiction, but um, the amount of women he seemed to be going after and how good he was at talking to them on DM and convincing them to visit him and everything was just, I don't know, it's kind of slimy to me. But um, I hope everything is like okay with Garcelle because I know this is just so much for her. I hope Oliver is doing well. Um, but it also sounds like one of these girls that he was with was none other than Raquel, James Kennedy's former girlfriend and former fiance from Vanderpump Rules. Now, apparently, they were seen going on a date on camera. We also saw Garcelle film with LVP. 
So I'm not entirely sure what is going on, but Oliver Samuels, who's Garcelle's son, his estranged wife claims that Oliver isn't even getting paid to be on these shows and he's doing it for fame. So I don't really know what to think, but it will be interesting to see how this all plays out on Vanderpump Rules. Another thing that came out while I was away is that Raquel is apparently linked to Tom Schwartz now and that they hooked up or made out at Sheena and Brock's wedding and that Sheena had been encouraging Raquel to go after Tom Schwartz. And I guess this upset Katie Maloney and Katie either didn't go or was uninvited to Sheena's wedding, but she went to Cancun anyhow and just made it a girl's trip. I mean, this is all just so crazy, and I'm hoping my guests next week can help me wade through some of these rumors about Vanderpump Rules because she follows these people closely and talks to them sometimes. So, yeah, don't really know what to think about all this stuff. I just, I don't know. I I, I just want to see things on the show. And so I'm hoping that all of this stuff ends up on Vanderpump Rules this next season and we can watch it unfold. What I don't like about Beverly Hills is that this stuff is happening and the show has already wrapped and we're not really getting a chance to see that play out. And so many viewers don't pay attention to the social media nonsense. So they only think what's happening on the show is what happened and not all of the other stuff surrounding it. I really hope that this year's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion can really dive deep into what's been going on. And I think Lisa Renna needs to be raked over the coals for her social media presence. That's just all I'll have to say about that for right now. Now, unfortunately, my guest and I didn't get to get into the Real Housewives of Atlanta, but I have some thoughts uh, for this week's episode. First of all, Drew is growing on me little by little, and I feel so bad for her in the situation she's in with her ankle, but she is still filming despite the fact that she's clearly on painkillers that are making her so tired. (laughs) We've all been in situations like that. I just, I can't believe that she's got all her glam done and she looks amazing scooting around her house. And getting things together for this surprise party. It was interesting to see Sonia and Sheree visit Drew. I don't know who organized that, but it was, yeah, it was just unusual. The two people that are the least close to her at during this current moment in the season are the ones that visit her when she's hurting. And, of course, Sheree Bone Collector uh, decides to tell Sonia that Kenya had been talking about Sonia's husband and what he had said to kind of his outburst in Jamaica where he got up at the table and was like, stop disrespecting my wife, or I don't really remember what he says. Um, Sonia decides to call Kenya, and Kenya is asleep when she kind of answers the phone. She's like half awake. And I just, I don't know why Sonia is trying to have a problem with Kenya. I feel like she's really looking for it. And I feel like she's doing things that antagonize Kenya. 
And then wondering, not wondering, but like enjoying watching Kenya go after her. It's so weird. I feel like she made such a big deal out of Kenya not having a guest on the trip over and over saying that it's like a couple's trip and Kenya's going through divorce. Like, why does she do stuff like that? Anyway, I also think that if Sonia's husband is going to get up and make a statement while everyone is filming, then Kenya is allowed to have an opinion about that. I don't think what he did was overly aggressive and, you know, it is what it is, but she's allowed to have her opinion. And of course, Sonia's response to it is like, you wish you had a man like me. Why does it always have to go back to Kenya being single and that there's something wrong with her, right? Or she must be jealous. It's just... I don't know. I don't like it. I don't appreciate that. Now, we do see Kenya try and help out Sheree with her fashion show. And they do this modeling call. And there's this amazing woman named Rowan uh, who is trying to make Sheree's She by Sheree line come to life. But I'm afraid it's never going to come to life because it is a figment of all of our imaginations. It never really existed to begin with, and it has certainly not come into reality. I don't understand anything about Sheree and She by Sheree. I have three theories, though. So one is just that she's simply lazy and doesn't do the work, although I doubt that's actually true. The second is that she does the work, but she's like a hamster on a wheel in that nothing nothing that she's doing is actually progressing her business forward. It's just doing a lot of stuff and staying awake and staying busy, but none of it is actually achieving a goal. And the third is that this is never going to happen because she never wants to pay anyone to make it happen. And I don't believe that she spent a million dollars getting this (laughs) to happen. But I also think that she's very frivolous with her money in that she'll spend all this money on invitations that have little itty bitty doll outfits in them, but won't put the money to actually sourcing good fabric and hiring a business manager who can make this a reality. I just, how are we here 13 years later and we're going to have another fashion show with no fashions? Like part of it makes me like cackle and part of it is just horrifying and I don't even know if I can watch. I'll probably cover my eyes and just like look through like the holes in my fingers and just, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's It makes me so sad. Um. The other thing I'll comment on is Ralph has his photo shoot. And I feel like Ralph, his reasoning for not adopting Josiah makes sense to me, right? I I don't know that I could refute what he's saying. What doesn't make sense to me is that he is writing a book on step parenting, but he never seems to communicate with Drew about Josiah in a way that is like healthy in terms of a parent to parent relationship. So if he's being like a step parent, I don't know if he's a very good one. <laughs> and that like I he's not the only one that's raising Josiah. You know, Drew is there and he just never communicates with her. And doesn't isn't that like the first rule of everything of like parenting, of marriage, of all of it is like communication and open communication. So I don't know that I 
would consider his book an advice book that I would actually take any advice from him. Maybe you should just think of it as like a story he's telling. I don't know. Rather than like, I'm going to give advice to every stepdad out there. Like, I don't know. Um, And then finally, we have the joint birthday party for Marlo and Kenya. And my favorite part about this is that they invited Kenya's, I believe, like cousin and some of her friend and Marlo's or her aunt. I, I can't remember. They invited people from these women's real lives. And it's so nice to see real people next to the housewives and them all have to interact. And I really appreciated Marlo's cousin getting up and being like, I told her not to fight with you, Kenya. Like, that was just nice. That broke the ice. Everyone's laughing. I I don't want to see Kenya and Marlo go after it so harshly anymore because most of us know the types of things that they were saying about each other. And Marlo, I believe, went beyond below the belt. Like there is no coming back from the types of stuff she said about Kenya and Brooklyn. And I just... I don't know. We'll see uh, how the reunion shakes out. The trailer for it looked all right. I really liked everyone's outfits. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, for next season as well. And then finally, just going to comment on Southern Charm. I did say a couple weeks ago that I thought it was super shady that Naomi was hooking up with Whitney, thinking maybe she's doing it just because he's an executive producer. I failed to remember that Whitney's father had recently died in real life during the time of filming. And Naomi obviously lost her father a couple years ago. And so I believe that actually they were there for each other. Um, going through the loss of their fathers and, you know, grief can lead to, you know, unusual situations in which Naomi and Whitney would hook up. And that actually does make sense to me. Um, Don't think anything's going to go anywhere with that. And I do find it very, very odd, the situation between Naomi, Craig and Paige in that I actually think it's all Craig's fault. After the conversation him and Paige had about him, it's not appropriate for him to have lunch with Naomi, to get coffee with Naomi, he started acting weird around Naomi. She noticed he started acting weird, and she called him out on it and was like, why are you being weird? We were filming probably for the last month, and you hadn't been strange at all, and now all of a sudden you're acting different. Rather than take ownership, yes, I am acting different. Craig is angry at Naomi and then tells Paige like she tried to get together with me one-on-one it's you know and then of course Paige is like oh I bet she's not over him and and Paige is rightly you know like get away from my guy but it's all Craig's fault in my opinion and I think Paige is upset based on the things she was being told and I don't think what she was being told was entirely accurate and I really hope they're able to quash it because Naomi does not actually seem interested in Craig and I think Paige also has this like inflated sense of everyone loves my boyfriend and everyone wants him and I got him. It, it's, I don't know. I don't get why everyone hates Naomi. And by everyone, I mean like Catherine and Paige. And like, w- what is it about Naomi? Is it that she is smart? Is it that she is dignified? Like, I don't know. But something about her really triggers them. And it's it's very interesting to watch. I personally think Naomi just doesn't put up with Catherine's bullshit, and that's why Catherine doesn't like her. So, you know, it is what it is. 
Anyways, I hope you guys like this episode. Zach Mellon um, is a podcaster. Him and I chat for like an hour and a half. We go on and on and on. So this is an extra long episode. We have so much fun. He makes the case for why Diana Jenkins should be a full-time housewife. I disagree with him that find his reasoning quite humorous. And we just had so much fun talking. As always, if you like this podcast, go ahead, give it a five-star rating, leave a kind review. And if you want to reach out to me, you can reach me in my DMs at Mandy Slutsker on Twitter and Instagram. I always love hearing from you. I think my voice is starting to get back to normal a little bit. It's still still a little shaky, but I'm working on it. Um, hope you guys have a wonderful week and we will chat soon. Taking a quick break and then back with Zach. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I am here with Zach Mellon, who you guys know as a podcaster. He actually has two podcasts, which Lord knows how he does it. Mummy Dearest and It's Giving Share. How are you doing, Zach? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me once again. Of course. When I put out a question to the world, you know, who should come on my podcast, please like, you know, let me know. And you're like, I'll come on and I'll defend Diana Jenkins <laughs> being a real housewife of Beverly Hills. And boy, what a week have we figured out for you to be on. <laughs> I know it's listen, I know. And we just uh, Sloan and I just recorded our recap of the episode this morning. And we, we like still stood there. I mean, it's, it's, We'll get into it, but it's it's more. I'm not going to defend her character, but I will defend her her existence spot on the as show. a housewife. Yes, got it exactly. Yeah. And this podcast invites dissenting opinions, so I love it. I think it's great. I don't think we all need to experience the show the same way. Um, and but like it, threaten to kill each other, like on Twitter, if yeah, things. That's- really scary to me that people take it so seriously like if you're getting angry on twitter about this a reality show that's supposed to bring like joy and yeah disconnect from this world like put your phone in a different room take some deep breaths this is supposed to be fun i have fun watching these shows I laughed myself nonstop. The little things. I mean, Kathy and the corn. Oh my God. Kathy's corn. It, is... it was epic. I mean, and they're making her seem like she's so high maintenance. All she did was ask that her corn be grilled, not boiled, and then was asking for cutlery and butter. She was not being crazy. Nobody set the table. It was it was absurd. Okay, before we get into Beverly Hills, which will be the meat of this episode, um, I have to get your thoughts on the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City season three oh. trailer. 
Well, I don't know if you remember, but I think the last time I was on this podcast, I want to say, unless my timing is wrong or my memory is off, I think that we had recorded like an hour after Jen Shaw's, yeah, like, okay. we found out about Jen Shaw. <laughs> it was like a while ago. <laughs> wow, a lot has happened since then. <laughs> I know. So it's just funny that it was like, I want to say like we literally recorded like the day we found out about Jen Shaw. Probably. It was crazy. But it was yeah, like this, right around then. I have like such a weird relationship with this show because I've watched all I've watched every episode of season one and season two. I kind of fell off in season one. I mean, season two, I went back and rewatched them all and watched the reunions, but it got so dark last season that sometimes when it gets dark, I have to like kind of take a step back. But this trailer glued me in. I mean, like I'm waiting with bated breath. I cannot wait. I so my I would say one of my favorite housewives tropes is like unlikely alliances and shifting alliances. And it's been a problem because season one and two had sort of the same alliances until the very end when Meredith and Lisa sort of went their separate ways. Now I think we're going to see the breakup of bad weather. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be it it just looks so dark and it looks like Lisa and Whitney are like a team here. I think because they both know that Jen Shaw is guilty and everyone else won't acknowledge it. It's so weird how these shows don't acknowledge the, like the crimes. <laughs> Not the like, shows. I mean it's like the people the in the people shows. The people in the shows yeah, we'll, we'll get into like, the Erica stuff, but <sighs> this is just in your face an indictment by the Southern District of New York. There is no getting out of this situation. No. There is no saying that you the are innocent. Starts, and the the, trailer, yeah. it's like this, like very. It's like a Christopher Nolan film almost. Right? The way that the trailer starts, it's like so serious, and it's like that voiceover of her being like, "I'm innocent." Yeah, right. Oh, my God. Weeks later. You know they're going to start us off. They're going to, like, start us off on the streets of New York, and then it'll be, like, 12 months later or whatever it does. Like it'll be like earlier? Yeah, Yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I meant. It'll be, like, however many weeks earlier, and it'll lead into that, and it'll just be dramatic. Those – that episode, season two, where Jen Shah was, you know, gone after by Homeland Security when – the rest of the women were on the sprinter van is one of the best episodes of housewives in history. And the best part was that they didn't have solid Wi-Fi or service. <laughs> and so like, they're trying to piece things together and they're stuck and you see their real reactions. And I feel like I agree. on these shows, a lot of times they have time to like plan what they're going to say. So, mm-hmm. Especially around the things with Erica. We're not watching them in real time find out shit about Erica. We're watching them find out and and two days later film right three days later that's the thing and you can like tell that's what i didn't really like about well we'll get into it but like this the salt lake city seems one of the least produced shows i think one of the least produced housewife shows and i think that about like new york i think the best housewife shows are the least produced of course Mm -hmm. there are producers telling them whatever to do but it seems like these ones fly off the handles more or they're a little more raw and that's the best housewife shows. Dubai seemed produced to an within an inch of its life. 
Yeah. I mean, those like weird trailer, it was almost like we would get like a commercial before the scene would start of them like getting ready anyway. But it was just like, so these, this Salt Lake, I mean, even like those, that weird conversation scene we get with, is it Jax? Is that Lisa's son? Or am I confusing Jack. that with son? Jack? It's one of the only J names that doesn't end in X. In an X, <laughs> yeah. It's like, so we like get that like weird displaced like conversation where he's like, I'm not going to college. And like, fudge. but it's in between. Yeah, he's like, oh, just think like fudge college. And it's like, it's weird that we got that in the middle of like jail time and screaming house fives. And it was just like this incredible, bizarre what stood out to you the most or what was the most shocking to you in the trailer? Um, Oh God. I mean, I loved to see them on a trip. I loved to see, I loved to see that. I, I mean, the eye, she right. makes this, Heather makes this weird comment where it says, it looks like you got punched and she's like, maybe I did. Clocked. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I got, yeah. It looks like you got clocked and she's like, maybe I did. It was like a weird off, of color. I feel like she had a procedure go awry. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think right. there's any like other. A, it's like a clogged tear duct situation. Yeah. Like she has, you know, or maybe her eyelashes still look really nice. So I wonder if she was having like an eyelash transplant or something. And it like didn't take. I don't know. I'm making shit it's, up. Yeah. No. I mean, it's it's the thing that stands out to me the, the most. Honestly, is that it's the same cast. Yep. Like. It's this is the third season of the same cast. They tried to give us um what was her name last season? Jenny. Jenny. They tried she to give shall, us Jenny. She shall, we shall forget. <laughs> that I was, went you know, I I go to bat for the women who are refugees and I'm like I'm so excited for Jenny. I'm so excited to hear her refugee story and same with Diana and then they show up and then I'm like oh, I don't really like them. I know. But I, they're I, tough. I it takes me a while. Like I was still rooting for Jenny, but it Well, was, we didn't know anything her on the show. It didn't seem like any crazier than any other housewife. It was the backstory stuff that the was The sister wife thing didn't feel real. And her that husband, was, like her whole husband chiropractic, like he seemed like a weird chiropractor, like not one who focuses on adjusting the spine, but one who claims he can like cure cancer. You're yeah. like, nah, that's not really like what being he's a chiropractor a is about. Mall. Yeah, he's the, yeah, it's like one of the chiropractors next to like a shoe store in a strip mall. Like just not legit. Yeah. The thing I was most shocked about was bad weather seemed to be donezo i mean it was like heather and whitney were really going after it and i will go as far to say that i think heather pulls a kyle in season three. Oh, in that whitney is opening up about abuse in her childhood and heather's like well if you didn't tell me then it didn't happen yeah, you're. I mean, that would make sense because she does make that little off. She, Whitney She's is like, expressing you? that, and Heather goes, "You." Yeah, as if you're right. like it's gonna I, get it's dark. Gonna get dark, and because like, they're family. I mean, I know that they're not like they barely close, knew close each other. Family, right? And they found out later they were related. You're right, yeah. So I don't think she's like, "I know your family, and this never happened to you." I think she's probably like, "Well, if you didn't open up to me about it." Then and why would you be opening up? Yeah, you're right. Like Kyle's like who, that. Who is she opening up Hills. to in the... Who is she... Op- oh, it's her husband. her husband. She's opening up to her husband. Yeah. Yeah. And with stuff like abuse, I mean, some people go... 
their whole oh. lives not fully acknowledging that something happened because the brain is so incredible and in that it can make you forget things of course that are yeah. too traumatic and so that was interesting and then my favorite part of the entire trailer was when seth marks who i'm a fan of um i am too <laughs> i just think he's funny i mean his weird sexual comments are odd but when he's not doing that i think he's funny just flat out looks at his wife and heather and is like have either of you asked Jen if she's guilty of any of these crimes? And I was like, finally, someone just like coming out and seeing it. And they're like, what do you mean? What? They what just you... look at each other in the trailer. I. Ugh. We also get like a Tamra Eddie bathtub scene with the Marxes. Yeah. I'm not mad about that. <laughs> No, I mean, listen, I I love Meredith. I love Meredith. I actually have been thinking, like, I, I don't know why, but Salt Lake City seems like such a good franchise to, like, disperse to the other cities. And, like, I would die to see Meredith on The Real Housewives of New York. Like, yeah, her, like, for her to go back to New York and be with, like, Ramona and Sonia and Luann would really make me whole. I, I don't this know is why. going to sound kind of assholey but i feel like meredith is really smart and that she's very well educated oh, yeah. she runs a business and not to say that the women of new york are not but no, i could see you're getting along with like bethany and carol more oh, so yeah. than those other women because but i would love to see them like butt hat i would love to see oh. ramona and like meredith meredith Some, like, just wouldn't she would just be done with she Rona. would disengage she would just yeah, disengage. She would disengage yeah she would i know and and the other thing with meredith is that you know how like the real like the new york women will wake up on a vacation like messy and like nasty their hair's a mess they're in their pajamas like meredith would never do that no she'd have to like face tune before she even came <laughs> it's true <laughs> yeah she'd probably be better suited in beverly hills yeah, I could also see her on Jersey. Like, I could see her in Jackie and Dolores. I know. that, And, and like, Jen Shaw would do really well on Jersey, too. Like, it's just... And I can see, like, Heather and Whitney in OC. Yeah, I could see that. I could see Whitney getting along with pretty much the any OC of them. Crowd. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts on Salt Lake before we... I'm just excited to get into it. I mean, Sloan and I were going to take a little break from like Bravo after Beverly Hills was done because it's taking everything out of us. But we were like, guess we're going to do that now. (laughs) I think it's going to be great. I'm I'm worried about after this season. Right. Because Mm. Jen's going to jail. No, she's going to prison. I should be more particular prison. Do you think that she'll go to like Teresa Judice prison? Like, do you think that she'll get out? Within like a couple, like six months, no. and we'll okay. No, there's no way. Yeah, I can't imagine how that would happen. It wouldn't. Um, it just I, there's. I don't think any scenario in which that would happen. Yeah, I also could be... see her going to a federal prison closer to where she lives, mm. so that her family can visit. But I do not believe there is a federal women's prison in Utah. Which begs the question of like, what's the closest one? And I don't, I don't know the answer. It may be really far. Oh my god! Yeah, it's dark stuff. But like, she has to serve 
I think they were talking about like between 11 and 14 years. Oh. Yeah. And so then the minimum for that, like I could see potentially getting out in like eight. But like oh she God. can't get out in less time than the other defendants who pled guilty and struck Stewart. plea deals prior to her. Right? Yeah. I know. I mean, I forgot. And now you're making, you're reminding me her like throwing Stewart under the bus. Oh, yeah, in the trailer. She's like, Stuart Smith. And it's like, oh, shut up. Oh, my God. It's like, so You bad. did this stuff, you know. It'll be interesting to watch oh, the fan God. base react because she is so campy and she is so fun on these shows. She is. And so they haven't gone so far. Like, I don't see people going hard after her, um, even though she defrauded the elderly and the vulnerable out of millions oh and millions and millions of dollars and had at least <sighs> nine or six million dollars on hand just to be able to hand over right away i mean that's it's so bad and i get why people get so mad at erica but jen is the guilty one and erica this is a tbd and she's certainly not guilty of a crime because she's not been charged with a crime but right. she's just very dis like she's just unlikable. She's completely unlikable. You know. So Whereas Jen Shaw brings Jen Shaw knows how to turn it on. She knows how to turn on the heart. She knows how to turn on the comedy. She's got the clothes. She's got the house. She's got the cars. And it's like that's what we tune in for, and she knows how to turn it on. But Heather Gay is gonna look a little silly once this is all and Unless, Meredith. who knows. I know. And like, who knows? Maybe by the end of this, maybe by the end of season three, we'll have seen people turn. I mean, the second she pleads guilty, they're all going to redact everything they've ever said about her being innocent or standing by her. I think Heather's comments were all about standing by her regardless. Regardless. So You're that right. she made, did you know, sense. with Meredith and her whole like, people have a right to a trial. Of course, they have a right to a trial. That's not what this is this is her seeming to be pretty guilty and there yeah. being a lot of evidence to back that up and you deciding that you dislike lisa so much that you're actually going to go on the side of a felon someone who literally stole from the elderly just because you're so mad at lisa and so that's going to be that's just fascinating to me i wonder if we're going to see like a like a like a forced um, reconciliation between Lisa and Meredith before it gets crazy, like a like a Luann Bethany situation where like they were forced to kind of oh. like sit down and talk about it, but then it just immediately goes awry. And also now Jen Shaw is accusing Lisa Barlow of being racist on Instagram uh, and oh, giving yeah. these like examples and i'm just sorry is that lisa barlow are all of those examples lisa barlow yes apparently whatever like allegedly oh or whatever God. you're supposed to say i think that j anything jen shaw says should be taken with a grain of salt because she lied to federal prosecutors and she lied to a judge why would she be telling the truth in these instances and I will, and I know people don't like me talking about politics, but it pisses me off when people say that Lisa Barlow is this like horrible person because she gave money to Ted Cruz. 
let's just go back and look at when she donated to Ted Cruz. She only donated, and she did it four times within one month in April 2016. Everyone that donated to Ted Cruz in April of 2016 was a never-Trumper. So they were Republican who didn't want Trump to become president, and maybe they didn't want Ted Cruz to become president. But at that point in the election cycle, he was the only viable alternative. So a lot of Republicans gave money to Ted Cruz during that time with the hopes that he could oust Donald Trump from being the nominee. And so if you think that anyone who is Republican is a horrible, bigoted, homophobe, terrible person, then sure. But we don't know anything about her other than she tried to prevent Donald Trump from becoming president. Not to mention, yeah, that's, that's, I didn't know any of that. Yeah, people like, just look at the fact that she, she didn't give to his, like, Senate campaign. She, it was a completely different thing. And not to mention, like, listen, I am, I'm proud to say that I, I am, I vote liberal, I vote Democrat, but that doesn't mean we can't watch shows with Republicans on them. <laughs> right. I mean, we lose so many good people. <laughs> Listen, I mean, when we watch, I am, I recently just watched all of real houses of New York over again. And that season with Trump and Hillary and at the reunion, Andy says like if brownie points, if you tell me who you voted for, half of them voted for Trump. I mean, they didn't say they did, but they refused to say who they voted for, whereas the people who voted for Hillary were very... Yeah, more vocal. About vo- right. So we have to remember that, like, just because people vote a certain way, our entertainment is what we're here for. Yeah. I also just don't think that Jen Shaw should be taking a moral high ground, whether it be oh, on yeah. voting issues or LGBTQ rights or anything, because no. she... I just don't want to listen to what she has to say about anything related to morality morality. or being a good person right so whatever but i just i know people hate when i point this out because i have pointed out on twitter and people were like it doesn't matter i can't believe she gave to ted cruz and i'm like oh kind of look at the context like things are a little more nuanced and even if she did give to ted cruz senate campaign fine but then she probably shouldn't consider herself like an lgbtq ally well, that's the thing. Which is what I think a lot of people were like, well, then why do you act like you're, right. you know, that's what gets. That's where it gets annoying and, and shaky. Totally. Um, speaking of annoying and shaky, <laughs> this uh, season of The Real Housewives of Dubai yeah. felt like it was not a total, like, <laughs> 10 out of 10 sort of situation. But that's what I would say, yeah. I feel like some of it had must have had to do with COVID because the rules in Dubai were so crazy. I'm like, why don't we see any of the B-roll with people on the street? Do they have mm. rules against like filming someone without their permission so you're even just seeing people walk on a sidewalk? Because we didn't even see that. Like I felt like we didn't you're get to so see the right. city. And that's why we all tuned in. And like, that's what made it so exciting for the show to start. And when I just started, I remember like the first couple of episodes, I was like, this is what Dubai is. It's just like suburban home. Like, this looks like it could be in LA. Like, it was just like so 
different from what I expected. And you're so right. Those shots of like the women walking into restaurants or what, even like just getting into a car or out of a car, it just was like not there. You're right. And I wasn't sure if it was just like rules on getting videotaping or if it was like, I know they had extreme COVID rules. They were one of those countries that was like trying to have zero COVID. So there was a lot of restriction on movement and stuff like that. Okay. So that makes sense. Also the rule, I didn't realize that there were laws about being like about fighting and yelling in public. So like, how could the show even exist? (laughs) (laughs) You yell in private. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it really, I mean, that takes, it does take a lot to have this show in a place. This show is so boisterous and like, I mean, for lack of a better term, like liberal. I mean, obviously, I don't mean everyone on the show is liberal, but the show itself is liberal with, I mean, they talk about sex and LGBTQ things. And I mean, they're yelling and they're drinking and it's, it's debaucherous. So it's, it was funny. Did we get a... We didn't really get, like, a vacation, did we? We ha- They went to a couple other places within Dubai. I don't know that they could leave Dubai okay, that during filming sense, because if you leave, then there's this whole thing about coming back, which you then have to quarantine for, like, right. 14 to 21 days. Like, there was a whole situation. So they went to that island in right um off of abu dhabi which is only like 60 miles away and then they might have done one other thing but it was all within the emirates so okay they so didn't really the... go overseas right i think we were kind of missing like a major cast trip stanbury seems not into filming right like and i like watched for her like i love i loved ladies of london but she just seems like not into it and i don't she seems miserable i don't know like what <laughs> i still love her <laughs> i just don't know makes sense like she used to make sense she used to be the smartest one on the show right on like ladies of london she was like the smartest one on the show to me and this it just i think my two favorite housewives on this show are lisa and caroline but they hate each other so it was like weird for me (laughs) it was like a strange i love lisa i love her family i love her story um i liked all the women i didn't think like any of them were really like popping for me like it wasn't there were no like character um what's her name what's the model's name oh ayan yeah that's what i meant she isn't she a model yeah she I felt like was trying very hard to be a character. So I thought that until I saw her on watch what happens live. And she was the exact same way (laughs) off the cuff saying all the crazy things with no planning. And she had no idea what Andy was going to ask her. And she's just very, I love her because she reminds me a little bit of like season one Nini. Like, there's something amazing yeah. in there. It has not yet been perfected. Like, I felt like Nini started to perfect her craft around, like, season two, season three. Like, once she knew yeah. she had an audience, right? Yes. I feel like Ayan can get there. Out. The issue that they both have is their ego. And can they keep going without letting their ego jeopardize their role on being on TV? 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. Like it's, I don't know what it was that just didn't captivate me. I wanted to see more of Dubai. I was expecting to see like, I mean, like one of a kind cars with like these parties and like elevators that bring your car to your apartment. And it was just like not, (laughs) it just was not at all what I expected. It just like their homes just kind of seemed, I mean, obviously homes that I will never encounter, but like they were home. Honestly, like Lisa's house looked like Garcelle's house. Yeah. It didn't look super special. And that, I, I don't know. I don't know if they have like these, lavish homes in the way that we think of them Assume in the u.s well because yeah. so many people live in these tall buildings and they'll have an entire floor but that's what i, I expected i think there was too many rules about you can't film here you can't film there you yeah. can't they said they got backlash for yeah. being on the show from other people in dubai so yeah it was really interesting to me that andy started at the reunion by acknowledging the negative attention Bravo got by choosing the city of Dubai. And, you know, he, I thought that was an important conversation. And, you know, I loved that Ayan was like, well, I read that people in the United States can't even like do what they want with their own eggs. <laughs> and I, I was like, yeah. That. Because, I loved that so yeah. much. I loved when they said, what's the bat or like, what's so, what's the difference between living in United States and Dubai? And I don't know if it was Caroline Brooks or Lisa who said it first that she um, loved that her children felt, she felt that her children were safe in yeah. Dubai and, and they're not safe in the United States. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was so poignant. And she was like, I know that my, ch- my child will go, will go to school and come home in one piece. I just think that there is so much judgment about other cultures and other places, and we don't do enough self-reflection about what's wrong with us, that maybe other people should boycott watching shows based in the U.S. You know, like, if you're going to call out an entire country and say, bravo, (laughs) you're supposed to be LGBTQ inclusive, you can, you know... I had a couple of different people write me and say, I lived in Dubai and I'm openly gay and there's gay bars and there's gay clubs. They don't, I, they don't like go out of their way to say that that's what they are, but everyone knows that that's right. what they are. It's a life of, yeah, it's just a life of a little more discretion and it's, and I think if you're willing to give up, some of the comfort you have like you have in that community in the United States than for other things. I mean, like you have to look at like, I mean, I didn't know how I didn't, when they said how safe their children were and how there's no crime and there's no guns. And I mean, if I had a child, if I had a child with another man, I feel like it would be in our best interest to give up some of those comforts to protect a child. Mm hmm. Especially if you had a black child. That's the thing. I mean, that's the other thing. It's, it's so we we're such frogs in boiling pots. We've been sitting Mm -hmm. in this boiling pot and we're like, we have no idea how bad it is until you start hearing things from countries where you're like, Oh my God, I would never live in the middle East. And you're like, why? Because you can't make out with your partner on the streets. A big deal. Like, I mean, Nobody can. 
Right. It's just yeah. crazy. No, I think there was just a lot of, um, I don't know. I didn't appreciate how people were so. And the people of Dubai were mad about it, weren't they? they yeah. I mean, they were... the, every, the people of Atlanta were mad when Atlanta started. The people right. of Potomac were mad when Potomac started. I mean, the women of Potomac couldn't Jersey film too, I in good locations until maybe season four when it finally got enough of a following that they got good filming locations yeah. and, and, the, then, and the hamptons yeah. right for summer house oh summer house was whew. yeah they like weren't allowed to film anywhere for a while yep so this is okay. not unique to dubai and the problems with dubai i actually think the biggest crime is how migrants are treated there They bring in these migrants to build everything and they're treated terribly and they have no rights. And a lot of their, you know, papers are taken away and they're basically like slaves to build this. Yeah. So I think that's obviously horrible, but we have those situations in the United States also, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's the thing. I don't know why we're so high on ourselves here, but you know it's it's rough stuff anything else on oh um wanted to ask you what you thought about carolyn stanbury going after lisa's business and then calling lisa an escort accusing her of being an escort well where did that even come from i mean i mean that just i don't know it's caroline stanbury's like insults to her seemed very unresearched I mean, we are going to see this, like, burn book that she pulls out from behind her. It's such a burn book. (laughs) She literally has a Pinocchio nose on the cover of the burn book. And it says, like, the lies of Lisa. And I forgot her. What's her last? Lisa. Milan. Lisa Milan. The lies of Lisa Milan. And it's, like, this really poorly put together, like, scrapbook. But it just seems like, I mean, even when when she says that her, her, uh, her designs are copied and I know the woman who did it. And he says, well, how long have you known this? And she's like, well, I just found out. And she's like, well, what's her name? And she's like, well, I I don't know. And it just, it, it just seemed very weird to bring this up at the reunion for like, with no backup on it. I think she was just trying to put the attention on Lisa instead of on her because her husband, Sergio had racist tweets where he used the N word and then he never yeah. publicly apologized for that being on his feed. Right. He only ap- he only apologized to Caroline Brooks. <laughs> Which like, I kind of apologized doubt- to my one black friend. Please. Yeah. And I kind of doubt that <laughs> that even happened. He probably Caroline probably had to explain to him why it was wrong. And Caroline didn't even say that it was wrong. She said, when you go on a reality show, you need to make sure that's all gone. She didn't say that it's like that a it was wrong. bad she word said, to use. Yeah. yeah, she said it's his first time on a reality show. So I said to him, you need to make sure it's all gone before you go on. And it's like, well, that's not the point here. He's like 14 years old. Like I, How he old is, is he? He's 20 in something? his 20s. But his brain is oh just so underdeveloped. Like he just doesn't know basic things. I don't know if he just the wasn't taught thing? basic things. Like he, anything. All the baby stuff. All the reproductive stuff. I mean, in what world would someone even think that you could take a fetus out of one woman's uterus and implant it in another woman's uterus? Like, uh, how, where did did he grow up there? In Spain. He's from Spain. He grew up in Spain. 
Okay, there's no excuse for that. I was going to say we grew up in a place that was like maybe where women's rights weren't as I mean, as it's a Catholic strong. country. Maybe there's a lot of rules uh, yeah, about what you can and can't learn. I don't like, know. Teach? I know you're right. I mean, that's wild. I'm sure that there's people in the U.S. that like learn nothing about reproductive health. I'm but it's friends like with people that went to Catholic <laughs> schools and like I like, I, like up scary. into our 20s, I, I was teaching them things. So yeah, it's true. It's you know, and it, it's just I guess what kind of worries me is just it's not that someone doesn't know something, right? Because if you weren't taught and if it never came up, then like you don't know it. But right. to then say, oh, we're going to do IVF together and then not know the basics of in vitro fertilization and reproduction when you want, like if you're ready to be a father, then you need to know all of the things that come along with creating a baby and raising a baby. You need to start learning those How things. How are you even going to raise this baby? That's the, th- well, then she's like, I'm just going to give the baby to him and hire a nanny. <laughs> it's like, that's. <laughs> kind of not like great like is i like her self-awareness i do i do admire her self-awareness and her like she doesn't care what the public really thinks of her i mean she's very like i'm cold i know it i don't care her kids seem kind of well-rounded as far as we saw i mean they're i don't know it just seemed it it was just a weird series for me i didn't want to watch lisa was someone i did want to watch lisa and her family dynamic and her business with her husband and the kids. I liked that a lot. Um, her husband's like super hot. And then the, <laughs> and then Caroline's story, I wanted to watch just because we knew her and like, we knew her from ladies of yeah. one. I was just interested to see how it progressed. I like that. We, I love that we saw Phaedra. I love that we saw the, another one of the cast members from London, um, oh yeah, Carolyn Stanberry's like ex sister in law. Yeah, I like I that we saw name, that stuff. Yeah. And so, but I don't know if we need more Caroline Stanberry in the future. I we'll think- see. I hope this gave her a run for her money, knowing that it's not just yeah. going to be the show that's surrounding her. That she actually has to get in the mix. But we'll right. see. That's the thing. If they want, Bravo easily could have just done like uh, keeping up with the Stanberries if they wanted. And like, I'm sure she could have done some hijinks with her wedding planning and stuff. But if that's what they wanted, they would have done that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think but they didn't want that. Yeah, so. this isn't a Zolziak Behrman situation. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. It probably would have been better, but still. <laughs> All righty. Well, let's dive in. I'm going to... into it, I'm nervous. Okay. <laughs> you should be. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's so scary. Um, okay. I have some questions for you before we get to the stuff with Diana. Okay, let's do it. So in the first scene of this week's episode, we kind of hear from Kyle and Dorit that they think that Rena is acting out in grief, but they both agree it's odd that she's only taking it out on Sutton. Mm-hmm. Why do you think they won't approach her over her behavior? I think they won't approach her for two reasons. One, they're probably afraid to like rock some sort of rent a boat. I think that they're like afraid to break up their crew. I think they probably have alliances that they discussed before filming, and they're probably afraid to look bad about confronting someone and with grief and 
I think that's a big moving part of it. I also think that they, it doesn't seem like anybody really likes Sutton. So I think that they are kind of enjoying it. I think that they're kind of enjoying the downfall of Sutton or what they think is the downfall of Sutton. Why do you think the women tend to not like Sutton? Good question. I think, you know, I don't think I would like Sutton either. I think she seems a little, um, I don't know. How, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is a little like flaky is the word that comes to mind, but I don't think that that's the word I'm looking for. I think she's very serious. Um, sometimes I think there's a part in the last episode where, um, Crystal says Sutton, you're, you're tangenting. And like that kind of was that, that summed it up for me. I was like, that's what she's doing. She's it's too much. I don't know. There's also this rumor. I don't know if you've heard this rumor about her, like, alcoholism. Oh, I have not heard this. Apparently, there's this, like, thing going on where they were told not to talk about it. They were told not to acknowledge it. It's why Erica said, by production or by by Sutton or something. Why would production say you can't? I don't know. And and that's why they said, that's why Erica had said in the last episode, and you say, I'm the alcoholic, or... Oh, yeah, there's like some weird thing about her like waking up and drinking and 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 being this like functioning alcoholic that they're that they're all kind of annoyed by. And I don't know why I don't know where I read it on Twitter. Obviously, it could it could be completely manufactured. It just seems when they were going into it, I was like, it does kind of seem they're all distancing themselves from her. And it seems like weird because they loved her last season. I don't know that they loved her last season. I think that they were, many of them didn't appreciate how hard she went after Erica. This is her third season, right? Yeah. But the first season, she was just a friend. A friend of, of, yeah. And so last season, I think she also was supposed to be a friend of because you, in order to be a housewife, I think you have to film your home life and none of her kids yeah. were 18 yet and her ex-husband wouldn't sign off on the forums. Um, so, but then she was such an integral part of the story that they ended up having her be full-time and I think they had to have her go back and tape more confessionals than she originally had been in. And okay. so... When all the women saw how hard she went after Erica, which I don't think was that hard. I think she was just asking questions. Totally. I I was totally team Sutton last season. Totally. But I think all of these women have skeletons in their closet and they don't want her asking questions about them. I also think she's just socially awkward. And these are the cool girls and they don't hang out with the awkward, socially awkward girl who says the wrong thing or who doesn't make her points clear, who's uncomfortable and gets nervous and uses a face roller. Like she's not the cool girl. It's almost like Kyle is like, oh yeah, I'll be friends with you after school. But like when we're eating lunch, you can't acknowledge me in the cafeteria. That's the attitude I get. And Kyle, like, gives her an attitude. Like, even when they're alone now, it's like she's almost, like, tired of it. She's like, I'm not entertaining this friendship. But then she'll say in interviews, Sutton and I are friends. I know it's very strange. Who was she a friend of? Rena? I forget. Yeah, she came in as a friend of Rena. Well, that that went sideways. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, 
I even felt like at the beginning of this season, I mean, listen, I'm not a, I'm not really a big Sutton fan anymore. She is kind of winding down for me. I wouldn't be mad if she left. And Rinna, I'm a huge dislike of at this point. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I'm t- so tired of hearing her voice. Mm-hmm. It's enough. Taylor Armstrong enough. <laughs> and... <laughs> um. It's weird. It's like those, I'm like ready for Rena Sutton and Crystal to go their separate ways. Really? I really, I love Crystal. I, I really like her. I, I don't want her to be on this show because I think it's too dark for her. It's, I love her. I love the way she expresses herself. I love, I agree with like everything she says. Yeah. But I don't think she like deserves this. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay, I can see that with Sutton though. Now that she's got this boyfriend, Sanjit, Sanjit is what she calls him. I Sanjit, I know. I can't. I can't. So you say? I know. <laughs> I want to see her date this guy on camera. Like I am invested in her dating an attractive Indian man and yeah. being her weird awkward self like that was so enjoyable to watch her date there's a lot of comedy that can come from her for (laughs) sure they're not they're not showcasing that because there's too much darkness going on but there is a lot of comedy that can come out of her and it's the same with like kathy hilton like it's like we can get that almost like hijinksy comedy out of them that we need to soothe the sadness okay Let's go to Kathy before we get to Diana. So Kathy <laughs> arrives, and for some reason she hasn't slept in multiple days, but there is no explanation. It's stumbling. <laughs> and okay, and my favorite thing she says is she claims no one's going to recognize her at the airport because she wears a mask. <laughs> but like, honestly, I feel like she could get away with it. I do too. She's very like I think she's like plain looking, and I don't mean that in, as an offense at all. I think she's like. She kind of looks like someone that you could walk by and not really turn ahead to and be like, that is definitely a celebrity. I mean, she's literally in pajamas and slippers. And if she has a mask on and I'm assuming a baseball cap, <laughs> I mean, you're not going to turn around. It's And when she walks into that house, into that Aspen cabin, she like trips a little bit. She's like, whoa. She's walking did not wear off. <laughs> into a dark space. So when... Kyle is showing her her room and it's the smallest room with the bunk beds. Bunk beds. That was really, I don't even think it's shady of Kyle. I think Kyle is trying to poke at her and Erica and Rena were smirking at each other while this was happening. Did you see that? I didn't notice that, but that's so dark. I feel like this was almost a planned takedown of Kathy Hilton. They were trying to irk her. She had not been sleeping she comes in they put her in the shitty room they say that she's used to such nice things so let's put her in a room with two bunk beds and like four feet of room in between like i feel like they wanted something bad to go down they do they're so dark their energy is so dark it's so bad i mean we even have that we have that um clip from the trailer where Kathy's trying to get in the store and Erica's like don't unlock it so like we know that something does happen between them all but it's it's so it's they're so malicious 
What do you think of the rumors about Kathy Hilton calling this DJ a faggot? And I think she definitely did. Okay. I don't, I'm not surprised at that at all. I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. I don't, obviously I don't condone it. I don't excuse it, but I would not, I'm not going to be surprised that a, a woman of her age would, that that would slip out. I feel like my family members that are that age don't even know that term. I, I never heard that term. I have definitely, even like when you were a kid. Yeah, I like never heard it. I was like way older when I found out what it was and that it was a bad word. I heard it a lot as a kid, not like to me or anything, but I, I mean, I remember hearing it. I feel like it was such like a loosely used term maybe just like around here or something like, and it just meant like, like, gay, right? Get, like yeah. People, like, so like oh, this person's yeah. flamboyant. So, well, that well, no, you would just be like, you could, you would even be like, that's so like faggy. Like you would be like, that's so gay. Like, Oh, weird. It was used in like a negative connotation. Context. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's, and no, I mean, I don't hear it ever now. But I'm just not going to be surprised that Kathy Hilton, who is so off of this planet, would forget or not even know that that's not a something that she can say. And but like, yet she knows you can't call people pedophiles. <laughs> oh, my God. She's like, there are three things. Liars, thieves, and pedophiles. Like, that's only that's the you're going to add pedophiles. Now, that's the only three. Well, don't you know why? <laughs> No. Because she was really good friends with Michael Jackson. And he was accused. That's what I think of being a pedophile. And so she's like, well, that crosses a line. Well, I mean, even like the whole Rick Hilton, where she's like, Rick always says, you gotta, what did did he, like, you gotta get off. You can't say anything anymore. (laughs) They'll cancel you. cancel you. (laughs) Listen, they're filthy rich boomers. They're filthy rich white boomers. There is no way in hell that they're like liberal, like cancel culture people. They're like definitely conservative. They're definitely not following the rules of liberal millennials by any means. So if she called him that, I'm not going to be surprised. I don't think that she's like homophobic. Okay, that was my next question. You think she just used a homophobic slur? 100%. That's just like didn't mean it in a malicious way. I don't think I don't think so. I think that she's someone who would need to be educated. I mean, it's a 70-year-old woman I work with said referred to a person as oriental the other day. Oh my god, my dad uses that term. Oh, they it's do. Worst. My dad I know, and they just and they truly are ignorant to it. They yeah. do not. They do not know that it is like a, a race, a racial way to call. Like, it's not good. And so, I truly feel like if you had said to Kathy, "That's like so offensive. Like, you can't call anybody that." I feel like she would feel bad. She also, I don't know. She doesn't seem to be super coherent all the time. <laughs> do you think that's an act, though? It could be because it's way more elevated this season than it was last season. She was like silly last season and it was funny, but this seems that that toothless but homeless, that toothless and homeless oh my God, thing that where was she's funny. 
She's like, two of us in Hamas and two of us in Hamas and two of us in Hamas. I mean, I, that was that funny. Was, I, I just was like, this is hilarious. It was this name is terrible. Like, you know, she's goofy to me. I, I, she's totally goofy. I, I like her on my, I like watching her a lot. I like the Hilton. I love like the Hilton, uh, Kardashian OJ, like, thing that we've always been getting in these shows that's like always been a really big draw for me i love like the faye resnick Mm -hmm. oj simpson chris jenner thing i love that connection so i love having kathy on the show every now and then although i will say if ramona singer were ever shown to her room and it were four bunk beds she (laughs) would burn that house down (laughs) she would Luann being like, you're having me on the lower level. The The lower (laughs) The fish room? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. I think Kathy (sighs) is way more chill than they're making her out to be. They're acting like she's so high maintenance when they're high maintenance. She's not high maintenance. She's eccentric. And there's a difference. There's a difference. She needs a fan in the room. Big deal. It's like it's she's just an eccentric middle aged like millionaire ass who is who just needs some extra stuff <laughs> it's like and okay. she wanted her corn grilled i know since when it is a crime to ask for grilled corn i love grilled corn uh, me too okay the time has come zach okay all right. i need you to explain why you think diana jenkins deserves to be a full-time housewife on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I want her back, too. And let me explain. I, do, I know, I know. <laughs> Here's okay. the thing. Okay, here we go. I don't really know, and maybe you can enlighten me on the the uh, racial situation that happened with her on, on Instagram. Are you aware of that? Yes. Okay, so, so what I, was that? So there was a black content creator who in her bio says, I am a black content creator um, who like tagged, tagged Diana in a post that actually Chadwick um, had put together, which are one was a photo of her from maybe 20 years ago. And one is a photo of her today. And it's like, I can't believe these are the same woman. Oh, okay, yeah. And so this content creator, I think like Philly Diva or something like that, posted it and tagged Diana, meaning like she wanted Diana to see this meme of herself, which wasn't a very friendly meme. And Diana was like, why would you send this to me? And then it was something about like, well, at least I'm not a black content creator, or you must be have such a sad life to be a black content creator. And then later claimed, oh, I thought that meant someone who makes like, you know, like black humor, dark humor, like dark, but not even comedy, but just like nasty stuff. And so that given my father's like Eastern European too, I could see him thinking that that's what a black content creator was. So I kind of, as soon as she did it, I was like, oh, I bet it's like truly a mishap. (sighs) No, that doesn't mean that she is not racist. I just course, think we that don't know. in yeah. this situation, she, I personally, and I got flack for saying it, but I personally think she just fucked up. Okay. Okay. But okay. there's also a history of a lot of Eastern Europeans 
and a lot of like being like racist, right? Mm. So like there yeah. that could be a thing too, right? Okay. And uh, all the stuff that's going on with Garcelle and people saying, "Oh, we can't go against her because then we're called racist." Like that's weird that they say that's things like very, that. That is like so weird. I like do not see Okay, hold on. Let me get into Diana first. Okay. Okay. Diana brings this energy of this like forced filming, right? So like she brings this weird energy where it look she's acting like she's being held at gunpoint to film <laughs> this show. <laughs> it's like there's it's like weird. It's the same as like Kelly Ben Simone when she started doing New York, where like they acted like they didn't want to be on the show. They acted like they didn't sign contracts and get paychecks and and schedule filming time. It's like this weird energy, which I find to be funny i find it refreshing and um we haven't had like a crazy or like a like a lunatic kind of villain on our shows in a while we've had like danielle staub and we've had kelly ben simone and we haven't had that in a long time we're getting these very strange interactions on this show that we haven't really had in a while we had them like with kim richards and rinna and but we haven't had, we, we've been stuck with kind of like Lucy Applejuicy and Lisa Vanderpump. And it's, this this franchise hasn't had that in a long time. And we get this like, we get this weird absurdness of Asher and her her story of going from rags to riches is an understatement. And we get, that she has children and a new baby and she wants another new baby and Asher's weird backstory. It's just this like absurdness that we get. And I mean, that dinner or lunch between her and Sutton was one of the most comedic things I've ever seen in my life. I mean, like, so you say that I know. I mean, that, it was like, what are we watching? So you, what I find cringy and almost unbearable, you find comedy. I'm finding it, yes. I'm finding it to okay. be like, she's putting a stamp on her, on her being a, a housewife. It's the weirdest housewife we've had in a very long time. Do you think she is solely on the show because of Asher's career? A hundred percent. Yeah. So then everything kind of makes sense. Like she really is sort of being held at gunpoint. Her fiance wants her to do this I don't show. Even think Asher, I don't even think her and Asher are a couple in the, in the sense that we know it. I think that they are a business couple. I think that, um, what does she get out of it? I was just going to say, I'm not sure what she's getting out of it. I think that maybe she does love him. Maybe she loves him platonically. Maybe she wants another baby. She keeps talking about how much she loves babies. I think she's using their blood to keep her young. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Now we're getting into some QAnon territory. Her tongue Um, is unruly. Okay, so I had a guest who explained why. He said that when you get lip filler... The part of your lip that is inside of your lip, which is always wet, is all of a sudden on the outside exposed to air. And it's uncomfortable 
And so you're constantly wetting it because that's the type of skin that's supposed to always be wet. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I also love, I love Erica um, feeling almost nervous and uh, like she has to impress Diana. I like watching that. Um, I like Erica um, be like, I used to have all of this. This I used to have things like Erica and then we never had never anywhere near as much as Diana has. When it flashes from Diana's house to that like dark, dingy mansion closet that Erica had, it's like two completely different worlds. And I I think that Diana explains herself as well as she can. I think I do think that she's right about the way that Sutton approached the miscarriage thing. I think that, I think some of the women, I think they've all been through this at some point. I think they kind of get gaslit about the cameras. And I think Diana showed up to this party because she had to film and Sutton kind of asked her about why she isn't on bed rest. And I think Diana was probably like, what do you like, you know, I have to be here. Like it's, why are you like hounding me about it? It, And it's, and Diana can't say the cameras or whatever. And so so I, I just feel like it, and Sutton then uses this experience she had with her miscarriages to, to make it okay that she's kind of like tearing it out of her when she clearly doesn't want to talk about it. Well, what I thought, okay. So I think Sutton, I agree, made a misstep in how she approached Diana But it also doesn't make sense to act and write, you know, messages to everyone as if you were on your deathbed and then show up looking good. Like, that's weird, right? So I could see why Sutton would ask a question. Now, she's very clumsy, I think, with her words sometimes. So it came out aggressive. And of course, when you're in the throes of something terrible, you Mm. receive it differently. What I do not like about Diana is that she kept on saying in this episode that what Sutton did was unforgivable. If you think things are unforgivable, you cannot be on the housewives because it is about conflict and conflict resolution. And if you cannot resolve things, then you just have no business being here. You're right. And she will not. She doesn't seem like someone who will. So that's another thing I loved about that lunch is that that. Sutton and Diana were clearly forced by production to to go to lunch and talk about what happened. And mm-hmm. Diana sits down and she she says to Sutton, "What what do we do now?" And it's funny because to the naked eye or to maybe an unexperienced housewives viewer, it looks like she meant like, "How do we start this conversation? How do we whatever?" But what Diana meant was, and what I'm assuming is that she's arrives to this lunch that she's forced to go to and she means now how do we how do we do this like forgiveness apology lunch that we're forced to do and she doesn't want to be there she doesn't want to make up with her and i don't think that she will make up with people no i think she's too intense and too stubborn in a really negative way we did get a good little conversation with her at that party the holiday party um with her and sutton where she was better 
where she was, was, but Sutton yeah. had to take, like she said, 95% accountability. I think that was too much. And I think that the reason Sutton mentioned her miscarriages was to be like, listen, I'm not trying to go after you for having a miscarriage. I would never want you to think that. I had two of my own. Like, I'm trying to relate to you woman to woman. I don't think she would have brought it up until she saw how upset Diana was and was like, right. okay, I'm actually going to like relate to you in this moment. And and instead, Diana felt like, well, it was one-upping her. Well, I had one miscarriage. Oh, I had two. And I could see both sides of that. That's what made that whole argument so fascinating, is that both women were right and both women were wrong, I feel. I totally... I do think that, like, if Diana had said, I didn't... Like, what, I didn't have a gun put to my head... I think it would have. I think it would have been unforgivable to the viewers. Mm-hmm. And it's a little. I think there's like a little difference of a. I feel like Sutton got off on that pretty easily. You're right. You're actually right because the audience likes Sutton. They yeah. were like horrified by it, but also like, oh, she's kind of weird. Um, yeah. But Sutton also explained herself in that when she hears things where guns are involved, she clams up and doesn't know how to process. Right, yeah. She's openly strange. She's yeah. She says that she's strange, and she owns it. So I don't know why they hate her for being so strange. I just, it's always interesting to me when the entire cast doesn't like one person, it, no, I'm it, trying to figure it out. Now, I think that at some point, everyone besides Garcelle has been frustrated with Sutton, but many of them seem to get on the other side of that, such as Crystal. She gets over, she starts to understand Sutton a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. There's just, it got really dark this episode when Diana was just questioning whether or not Sutton had feelings, was talking about her as if she wasn't even there. Yeah. I'm sure we got a lot more that, that that we didn't see. And for her, Sutton, just to like... And then Kyle, after all of that, to be like, well, at least she was being honest. Fuck you. Oh like, God. that's so... Why is honesty the most... If honesty was the most important thing, then you would honestly be asking your friend, Erica Jane, why she won't return the $750,000 earrings that are proven to be bought with victims' funds. Not that would ma- be an honest conversation. Of course. And the thing, the sick thing is... Is that in the preview for the next episode, when Erica says, I only care about myself, the fear in Kyle's face. And she says, she says, no, I'm your friend. I, and I can't defend you if you say that. Is like what she and clearly she means like, I, I'm going to look stupid if you say that because I've been your friend this whole time. Like, don't say that. And these women being so like loyal to Erica is so bizarre. So like blindly loyal to her. It's one thing to support someone going through a hard time, no matter what happened. I mean, I don't mean support them with like your belief system, but like to be there for someone and listen yeah, to them and, shoulder and to understand cry on and yeah. kind of root them on and say, you're going to get through this for sure. I get right. why they do it, but it's just, I don't know if they think that the public is going to, I don't know if the, before they filmed, they were like, the public's definitely going to side with Erica. No, I think that's the one thing they know. 
that they will because they've seen the reaction to her. So now this is the second season of Erica's storyline being all this crap with Tom Girardi and widows and orphans. So they know how the public feels. I think the I don't of Eric and Girardi has just been it's been rough because she refuses to she is this victim mentality where she is the ultimate victim. No one else is as victimized as her. It's and that's so the hardest weird. part. Because she's crazy. I think, not crazy. I shouldn't say crazy. Because her, I think her issue is that she is, her whole life, only cared about material things. Yeah. She has nothing without material things. There is she nothing really there. There is no morals. There is no, she doesn't care about anyone. She only cares about things. And then now you're saying you're going to take my things? That's oh that's what's so dark. She's clinging on to these things because that's all that's ever mattered to her. It's so sad. And seeing her in that little casita, getting her hair done in the kitchen. And all just... the people around her, she pays. So like, there's no real friends. And all the other people are afraid of her. So she has no Ugh. honest people in her orbit who can actually tell her, hey, you've crossed a line. I know. And I'm scared because I like love Dorit. I like Dorit I like too. Love. I could watch her constantly, but I feel like I heard that there that it was like Erica and Dorit on like their own peninsula. Like they had kind of like teamed up against the rest of the cast or something. Oh, I don't know. I, don't... I know they filmed together for the after show. I'm wondering, yeah, I don't, I think it's an Aspen. I think it's all going to happen in Aspen. I think I heard that they were together in Aspen and the rest of the cast wasn't filming with them or. I'm wondering if, I'm wondering if Kathy says some, says something insensitive and Erica and Dorit are the only ones that are. I thought it was, I thought it was Rena. Erica and Rena. Rena would fucking jump on something. But it's also they were the only ones in the house, aside oh, from Kyle. They say- oh, They're staying okay, in the yeah. house, so that would, was my reason. Is maybe they heard her say it, or and it's not just that she said it; it's that she had a full on meltdown after when they confronted her. That's the story I heard that she was just like absolutely hysterical. And, oh, and then a look mess. at that scene where they're at her house and like she said, does something to Kyle that she has to explain. And I think she said bad things about Kyle. But honestly, Kyle doesn't seem like she's like that wonderful of a friend or that wonderful no. of a sibling. She seems like she's trying to be a friend to all and a friend to all is a friend to none. And it's true. She's just so I don't. It's weird that she's had this house that she claims is her favorite place in the world, and she hasn't brought her sister there. That's odd. No, that was really. I mean, I know that their lives are very different from what we understand, but it's not. It's so weird that you wouldn't. It's also weird that when your sister is coming and it's the only family member coming to stay in the house, that you wouldn't reserve a nicer room, a better room. For she's her. also older. She's like she's 20 old, years older right. than the other, than, than Erica. Right. That's it's weird. It's like, it's, you know, that she's coming the same night. Why wouldn't you reserve the better room? Erica should be staying in those bunk beds. Yeah. It's very weird. I don't know if there's, there's always been a weird relationship dynamic between the Hilton sister or um, uh, the, yeah, the Richard sisters. Richard sisters. Yeah. So, 
I do. I would love to see Kim back in some sort of aspect. I I would love to see her back with one of them, maybe gone. Or who do you think? Who would you like to see? San. It says that they're getting rid of three cast members, or that's alleged. I don't think they're getting rid of three cast members. And it, see, what what do you think is going on with Rena being? I think um, Rena and Diana will be gone. Diana, because okay. she hasn't been on Watch What Happens Live yet. I think she's and the, the racial thing. I think that they're. I don't. I think even the accusation. Well, will I make think her... the racial stuff with Rena too. She was the one that posted on Instagram. We're not allowed to to disagree with Garcelle because people call us racist. I was like, that's a pretty racially. And charged Erica too, statement. though. Erica saying nobody yeah. came to defend my son. But I. But I could see why she, like, no one came to defend her son. I don't know. Your son's also he an was adult. Like 30. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, All this stuff that happened with the bots, I was, like, out of town when this was happening. I just, so like, allegedly, couldn't follow Sloan it. Sloan explained it to me. Apparently, there's, so there's bot farms. And what, like, what does that mean? <laughs> I like, know. Uh, like, I know. is it, like, a bunch of people on a computer yeah. in, like, a room? That is how it was explained to me. Are there that, silos? Are there cornfields? I know. <laughs> like, oh, I don't I understand. Know. So I'm imagining like a weird overseas like warehouse with like a bunch of people at computers. And I guess that is like kind of what it's like. But people pay them. And I guess the Kardashians do this a lot where they get. I'm sure. They pay bot farms to comment. So they're like. So they're. um their engagement numbers are higher or something okay super high and so i guess you can pay them to essentially do whatever needs to be done and i mean the rumors are that like that rinna or diana paid these bots to do such a thing this doesn't seem like a rinna to me i just i don't okay so then my other question is are the bots like do they have free will do they know what they're typing or is are is it actual robots that have been programmed to write things that i sound I like such an idiot i like no, truly don't understand I, what bots are it was explained to me that like it, it is people typing these things but they don't really they have don't any really relationship what's to what's going on and no. so they're kind of given a like general directive maybe a script or something yeah and yeah it's just that this i mean The thing that makes me so sad is that, like, this is a 14-year-old boy. And we all know that, like, when you're that age, regardless of your, like, race or or you being on a television show, like, you can hear one off-color phrase and it will stick with you for the rest of your life. And it's, like, this experience of a boy on social media, which, I mean, we don't even know what it's like being 14 years old on social media. Mm to be like pummeled by horrible racial slurs and comments and about your, you and your mom. And it's just like such a horrible, I didn't see I any of this. I only saw it, the one dark. comment where it was it like were, a George Floyd type comment, like yeah. if it knee your on your daddy, neck or yeah. yeah, something, your white daddy. Like that was, I was like, Whoa, what is it's this? It's so horrible. And it's like, I can't, Garcelle appears to me to be such a good mom and such a warm person that I, I can't, imagine how she could stay on this show after seeing what it's like done to her son. I, I don't, I don't know. I think that Garcelle is in a, a, a weird position where she, um, 
I don't think she's like Diana who just has like these hundreds of millions of dollars for seemingly no reason. But <laughs> it's it, to me, Garcelle seems like a woman who is working. She's always she has, working. And, and this is a I great mean. career for her because exactly she can film with her family. Right. I mean, I don't, I would have never bought her book if she wasn't on this show. Of course I didn't even, I bought I, it. I read the whole thing. And I've and I I I think I had like known of her like yeah but not on the sideline but and she has all these movies that she was in the nineties and stuff and I'm sure she has money from them and residuals and what have you but she's on a talk show which she's getting I'm assuming a a weekly but it was canceled oh was it yeah okay so that's that's even more to it and no I think she'll stay on the show but I think they need to figure out. Who, well, that's what's sad to me. I don't think they that have she, to figure out that they have to clean house. They have to figure out who was involved in this. And maybe it yeah. was none of the women on the cast. Right. Maybe like, there's it a wasn't. chance. Maybe it was Patrick. <laughs> that weird Patrick guy. I don't know. But they have to get a hold of what is going on. Yeah. I think Rinna has really gone off the deep end on social media. I think she has lost her mind. She thinks there are no consequences for any of her actions. She posts all kinds of shit. It's like, keep the show on the show. Don't make the show be on Instagram. And Jersey does a good job of it. Like, you don't really know all the drama except for the wedding stuff. Right. Um, Atlanta, we still have no idea what's going to happen at the She Buys Charade fashion show. I never hear about Atlanta. I never hear anything about Atlanta. they keep their mouths Or New York, really. No, things don't spill like they spill on Beverly Hills. These women cannot... They they, keep their mouths They can't keep their mouths shut. We feel like we know the whole season before we even see the season. It's really unfortunate. And I think Rinna is a huge part of that. I think she talks to the press... You know, they blamed it on LVP. LVP is no longer involved. Years. So why are there all these stories in the press about all of these women? They're it's pro- they're, It's a problem. And and then you've got Kyle who thinks she's an executive producer, and it's no longer fun to watch that. No, it's not. And that's the thing. It's like I don't. We've seen masterful producer housewives. It's like we've seen these women you know, create tension or what have you, or bring things up. And it's been well done. But Kyle is like that scene where she's like yelling in that, in the living room about why did you unfollow? It's like, and they're all like, why are you bringing that? Even it's like, even it's like Sutton and Garcelle and Erica are like, why are you even talking about this? And Dorit, who's super close with Kyle is like, I don't know why she's acting like that. This is weird. It, she's got to calm down. Like, it's like, as my mother would say, the second <laughs> you look stressed out at all, you've got to calm down. Like, you have to readjust this. I mean, we, I like Kyle on the show. I really do. And we've seen such fun from her and, and good stuff. She really brings everything to the table with this show. But it's like, you've got to reevaluate your morals here. This is a lot. Yeah, I also feel like she's... And take the hat off, Mauricio. Take <laughs> the agency hat off. I've had enough. Oh my God. Why, is he on this, why is he on this trip? It feels oh inappropriate for, for any on. 
I mean, I couldn't stand when on Dubai, I don't know if you saw the later episodes, when yeah, Carolyn when Stanberry this? couldn't even go away for a night without yeah. Sergio just like driving up on a jet ski. It's These Alex women, and Simon vibes. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, if you want to be in Aspen at the same time, stay somewhere else. Or yeah, like what is it? A weekend? Just like fine. Cool if you want to, if you want to hang out on the plane and you want to go skiing, stay somewhere else. It's so strange. I know. And he's like, "Oh, I have to go because I have to walk the dog," which like also I've had enough of. Kyle and her dogs. My God, and they're like so poorly trained. They're it's- huge. <sighs> She's chasing them around. The- it's like the three Kyle tropes that I would like to be retired are the dogs the ponytail spin and the splits i've had enough and i'm afraid that the roller skate gift for her birthday is going to be like another kyle trope we're going to see her like roller skating i'm just (laughs) tired of her always thinking that she's right and she's the morality police and like if something uh makes sense it has to make sense to her if it doesn't then it's just not a real answer you're not being honest yeah, the it's, crystal thing. It's so. Oh, that was the worst. I had was, on my last episode an eating disorder expert, and I thought that she was going to say of all of the women, what Erica Jane said was the worst thing, which was about um, using a laxative. That. She oh, was yeah. like, no, I think that actually had more to do with like where Erica was coming from in that moment, and really trying to relate, although it came out kind of clumsy and awkward. What Kyle did, which was grilling her and putting her on the spot and berating her with questions without once asking if she was okay with the questions Mm. is actually like one of the worst things you can do and i didn't even think of that i thought it was like mentioning a laxative or telling people oh that she's vomiting but like no that's actually not what this therapist said um yeah because it's almost like that's more authentic that's more it is and it's and she's like people don't like the term vomiting because they're uncomfortable with it but there's nothing inherently wrong with saying that that's exactly what happened and what's going on it's just people are uncomfortable so that really kyle feels so entitled because i think she thinks she's the executive producer that she's entitled to know all the information about all the women and if they don't tell her information then it they're lying they're you know it's it's you didn't have two miscarriages are you really having an eating disorder what we yeah. didn't tell me you know it's like what is wrong with you i know it's it's so frustrating to watch at this point not the show i mean i i love this is like one of i mean they're they're always good to watch it's just like now i think we need some difference yeah there needs to be something shaken up i think for me i'm really looking forward to the reunion because i do feel like there is a reckoning that i didn't really feel like happened at the last reunion i'm still waiting on that erica reckoning for the other women to not be so scared to tell her hey, you've got some things that aren't yours and you need to give them up. And you pulling all these legal maneuvers to hold on to them is a really shitty thing to do as a person. You may not be guilty of taking them in the first place, but that doesn't mean you don't have to give them up. Right? And and Uh, I'm ready for them to really, like, Lisa Rinna, what the fuck is wrong with you on social media? Why are you doing this? This is what you did. Then you got rid of, you know, like, who is this Patrick Summers guy? 
Isn't he coming to the reunion? I mean, that's what he says. But then Kate Arthur from Variety Magazine says she contacted Bravo and they said that's a lie. Who is this person? I don't know. I would. I could do a full, like, watch a full Hulu documentary. <laughs> like, yeah. The Housewife and the Patrick. And, like, deep dive into, like, who this monster is. Who because is I have no idea. It's so unusual. Everything that takes place online is really confusing to me. Like, I just don't get bot I know. Farms. I'm, it's like you're, like, following, like, I, like these weird... I just can't. I'm just not an online enough of a person to understand it. It's like someone has, like, a map on their wall with, like, pins and, like, red Yes, that I could understand better than it's this, a, like... <laughs> like, okay, let's... It's very wild. How are they all connected? And I don't know. It's crazy. I don't know. I also feel like the deleted scenes on Beverly Hills are really good. And I really wish that they were in. I wish every episode was more than an hour so that they could have those scenes in. I hate when it ends. I It's like I when it, it's like I could just watch it forever. It's fascinating. I do like this. It is. I do well, like you this see franchise. behind them. I think that it's weird because we can kind of like see behind the the cameras almost we can see what they're like thinking and like how they're producing the show instead it's this show to me doesn't really seem that produced because it doesn't seem like they're producible maybe but it's it's just this alliance thing needs to be broken up because it's no longer fun it's been a problem since lucy lucy apple juice it is not fun to watch a group of women not ask each other honest questions about things that are going on in their lives. They have too many things that are off limits. It's just not authentic. If you are getting sued and you can't discuss the details of the lawsuit, fine. But at least acknowledge that you're getting sued and that it's stressful. If you have a child that is in rehab and you've had that child on the show and they've had confessionals all of a sudden pretending like that child doesn't exist... Is pretty fucking weird to me. Yeah. Using your kids who are adults, or I guess maybe Amelia wasn't for the whole time, only when it serves you is really shitty. It's so shitty. And I don't, I know, and I'm starting to feel like the kids thing is like tough because it's like after this Garcelle thing, like, do we need to have these underage kids like on the show? Like, like, I know that, like, we want it and we want to see their families. It's just, like... But those kids are barely on the show. Portia is almost never oh, on the show. We never see her. You know, Jax, Sarah like, is, is never miked. He wasn't miked in any of these scenes. He never was getting paid for this. He's not in confessionals. Like, he's barely there. Yeah. But, so it's someone who You're is right. extremely vindictive, who went out of their way to find this child of someone and go after i mean and and people went after portia really badly when kyle and mauricio were laughing at erica swearing at jacks and that's also not okay like it makes no sense i didn't know that i hated that whole thing because it was like that's just like not that whole thing went down like exactly how it would have gone down in real life Mm mm-hmm like if you weren't if you didn't witness that and someone was telling you about your friend doing that you would you would laugh a little bit i mean it's she wasn't like that's crazy i don't think that happened like not in the way you're describing it no and the thing is is like she was so 
wrong and and inappropriate, but she wasn't like harming him. Like this wasn't like that serious of a moment. It was a serious moment for Erica. I think it was a serious moment for Erica. And the fact that none of them like really said to her, Hey, the next day, what you did was super, super wrong. And actually you probably shouldn't drink if this is how you behave towards people. Exactly. That's that's the issue. It's not that she's getting like, um, he's just got to, He's just getting flowers. What do you, what? It's, um, it's, it's like, he's just, getting... it's not funny if when you're drunk, you behave in a way that's aggressive. That's not funny. That's not everyone laughing. Or to a child. Yeah. Yeah. It's, she's like, he's 16. I'm sorry. It wouldn't be okay with the 16 year old. Like, you do not talk to somebody else's child this way. You don't talk to your oh. own child this way. Oh my God. If someone brings up <laughs> her child, she spirals into like hatred, devil. Like, because he Remember? never wanted to be on the show. He's private, you know, and, th- and that's fine, right? They decided right. to bring yeah. her on without showing her child. But I get for, like, his own safety and everything, but come on. Like, the fact that they were pissed or that she seemed pissed that Bravo made a public statement because of what happened to Jax but didn't say anything about when it maybe happened to her kid – is what because really... of like the Black Lives Matter movement? I don't remember people going after her, but no, maybe she, they did. But, but wasn't like, that what she yeah. said? It was in regards to like, like yeah, no, it was not, and it's still like, not an easy thing to be a police officer. And I think, of course not. But he's in his thirties. He's choosing to be a police yeah, officer. He's his he's, own. He's human not being. on the show. Yeah, and I'm sure outside of Bravo, he has enough to like enough flack. Whatever. I mean, I'm sure right. he deals. He's with, not a kid. Um, that's right. He's of and no Bravo wouldn't stick. Bravo wouldn't do that. Bravo wouldn't be like we stand with the police. We back the blue. Like yeah, but they also no, wouldn't be like we stand with this adult who has never been on the show. Right. That's yeah. There's like so many re- things that they wouldn't do in that situation. So like it's it, who? Why isn't anyone telling her that? That was a stupid because thing to the say. only people around her are people or she Mikey. pays or people who yeah. are afraid of her. There's no one that's having an honest conversation with her, and I don't it's blame so them. Like wild. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be and on the unhinged. receiving end of her lashing. Yeah, or what? Or what? She's so <laughs> scary, um, Zach. We have gone on and on. You have failed to fully convinced me that Diana deserves a spot, but I do understand how you could find her to be a villainous, quirky, funny, unusual woman. Me, yeah, she gives me Danielle Staub. Danielle vibes. Staub meets yeah. like Kelly Ben Simone. And I can yes. see I can see With Dana how, Wilkie mixed in. Oh I, Dana Wilkie sucks. I'm sorry, I can't stand that woman. Like no, she was on a couple episodes of a one franchise, and she is like trying to ride the coattails of that. And like t- ten years later, ten years later, and it'd be one thing if she never was in trouble for fraud, but she <gasps> pled guilty to fraud. To you know, so like it doesn't really make sense why you're She's the crazy, one talking yeah. about Jen Shaw and why you're <laughs> the one talking about how Mauricio and Dorit are having an affair when like there's literally no proof of that. So I hope that yeah. gets brought up at the reunion too. 
Yeah, actually, that would be interesting to hear because I I'm think... going to say I'm going to say yeah. four episodes. I think we're going to I think we're going to get a four, four part, part reunion. reunion. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they'll have an entire part just on Aspen and we haven't even seen Aspen. I know. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. so crazy. Oh, my God. How many um, episodes do we have left? Like three or two? I don't know. I mean, they're filming the reunion this week, I believe. Yeah. Or next week. I can't remember. I think it's like I think it's like. It must be next week. It They're must not be next do week. It. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but okay. Tell <sighs> everyone where they can find you, where they can listen to your podcast and actually the what your podcasts are about, both Mummy Dearest sure. and It's Giving Share. So you can find me at Zach Mellon and there's a link in bio that has all the stuff there. So I won't bore you with all of that. But um you can find me and my co-host Sloan on Mummy Dearest Podcast. It's about 90s and 2000s nostalgic movies. Um, sometimes we talk about them and sometimes they make us spiral into other conversations about movie, about, you know, what's happening in that movie. Uh, the other podcast is called It's Giving Share. We joined with Ian Paget, who's um, known for TikTok. And he, we talk more about sharing. It's like, um, it started because we were all kind of scared to hit like that share button or the send button. And when we did, oh. it's spelled S, yeah, S H A R E. So, yeah, it gave us the, once we did that, we hit that share button or we hit that send button, it brought really good things. And so it's just kind of like inspiring people to, do those things it's more like mental health based we're not experts but you know we're just kind of talk about our experiences and stuff like that so it's a little more serious with a twist of comedy so head over and listen that sounds great oh i really like that idea definitely brought to my mind like oh when you're afraid to hit send on something or you're afraid to share something that's that's not where i thought you were going with this but yeah um, no it's it's it comes from how like um so sloan and i have never met still what and yeah we so um i started following her years ago because she was like a meme account and we just kind of like i would like like her stuff or i'd respond to her stories she had like a ton of followers they just never really thought that she would respond or look at them and she started like responding and we started watching Beverly Hills housewives and I would like comment to what she was watching. And we started like laughing to each other and it eventually turned into a podcast. And it's like, you don't know what could happen if you just share. Just I love those that. Shares. Yeah. That sounds like Lisa Barlow. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Well, Zach, thank you so much for joining. We have just babbled on and on and on about Housewives, but there's nothing I enjoy doing more than that. Hey, that's why we're here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And you'll have to come back again. Will do.